In times of drought, men marry for water. That and other stories for the weekend in June 7th, 2015. I'm Jamie Sudler. I'm Franny Halperin. And it's This Week in Water. Last week, the Environmental Protection Agency released a draft assessment of the effects fracking has on water. Even though the draft report is very long, one of its major problems is the lack of data the EPA can obtain mainly from oil and gas companies. While the agency didn't find what it called widespread or systemic impacts to drinking water, it did show specific cases of water contamination. The EPA noted that there were instances in which well integrity and wastewater management affected drinking water sources, but that the number was small relative to how many wells had been fracked across the country. The EPA study notes a major deficiency in its own ability to review the industry's effect on drinking water. Little information is being collected about water wells and aquifers, before and during the fracking process. The EPA also noted that drillers would not list all of the chemicals they used at about 70% of the wells studied. Withholding this information makes it impossible to do an adequate study. In other words, if the companies won't disclose what they're using when fracking, then how could a homeowner or a scientist know what to look for in nearby water sources? The EPA's report is now open for comments. However, due to the lack of adequate information, no one should expect or claim any level of certainty from the report about the impact of fracking on water supplies. As we mentioned last week, India is facing a record-breaking heat wave. Hundreds of people have died from dehydration and heat stroke. Making matters worse, the hoped-for monsoon season, which typically brings much-needed relief for residents and farmers, is forecast to be weaker than average. That could be disastrous for the country, and especially in Maharashtra, India's third-largest state, where the government recently estimated that more than 19,000 villages have no access to tap water. Finding drinking water often means a walk to a well or other source in sweltering heat, plus waiting in line, which can take hours. How to survive? According to Danish Sadiki of Reuters, the answer is to get a water wife or two, or three if necessary. Men in this barren part of western India are taking on extra wives for the sole purpose of fetching water. Polygamy is illegal in India, but in these dusty villages, water wives are common because collecting water is extremely time-consuming and inconvenient. The men spend long hours as day laborers in nearby farms, so getting water for a household is a job in itself more than what one wife can handle on top of cooking and caring for children. The water wives are often widowed or single mothers, so the arrangement, which is in name only, works for them. They typically have their own living space, and as one woman interviewed for the story said, they feel like sisters. Many people, including us, thought that the cause of sea level rise is due solely to melting glaciers, but this may not be the whole story. The properties of the water compound H2O make it react to temperature in strange ways. If you freeze it, the water molecule expands. Then if you warm it to about 40 degrees Fahrenheit, it contracts. 
Warm it further, it expands again. According to a report last week in Business Insider, it's the expansion of water as it heats up that's contributing to coastal flooding in areas such as New Orleans. The Earth's surface has warmed up about one and a half degrees since 1880 and has had major consequences. The oceans have absorbed much of this heat, which has caused their volume to expand. Right now, that expansion is only a small fraction of the original volume of the oceans, but according to the Union of Concerned Scientists, sea levels rose about 8 inches from 1880 to 2009. They say that thermal expansion is the predominant cause, which is made worse by melting ice. Any increase in sea levels, even 8 inches, can lead to more flooding from storm surges and cause damage to levees, especially in vulnerable coastal cities such as Miami. And finally this week... It seemed like a good idea at the time. Well, at least the folks in Astoria, Oregon thought so. They were running out of options for how to cope with hundreds of sea lions crowding the docks on their fishing town not far from Portland. They tried everything. Electrified mats, chicken wire, brightly colored beach balls. Nothing worked. That is, until someone got the brilliant idea to bring in what sea lions fear most. Orcas. And luckily, a whale watching company from nearby Washington State just happened to have a 32 foot promotional boat shaped like an orca. It was complete with real killer whale calls, including a scary call to dinner song, often emitted after an orca kills a sea lion or seal. Perfect. Until it wasn't. The fake whale tried to sail to Astoria, but had engine trouble. But not to worry. After a brief repair, the whale was off again and was within sight of the docks and oh! The fiberglass creature went belly up, capsized by the wake of a passing cargo ship. Phoebe Dick, as it's been mockingly named on Twitter, had to be towed to the dock where it now rests upside down. Still, Port of Astoria Executive Director Jim Knight said the sea lions briefly got deathly silent as the orca was sailing into view, so it still might have potential. To be the butt of jokes in sea lion circles, that is. This Week in Water is a production of H2O Radio and is sponsored by Colorado WaterWise. Learn more at coloradowaterwise.org.